If only life had a remote control, you could pause or rewind. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. Take the one-minute risk test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Successful entrepreneurs have great stories to tell, but those tales may do more harm than good. This is Journal Report. Timely topics, important information. From the Wall Street Journal. Welcome to Journal Report. I'm Charlie Turner in New York. Americans who run companies often have great tales to recount about how they started the business, the tough times and sacrifices they endured, and finally the big payoff, fame and fortune. Wall Street Journal contributor Maura Ahrens Milley, who is the founder of Women Online, writes that storytelling has always been a big part of American entrepreneurship and a powerfully positive one, but she says they are seductive myths and do a lot of harm to others trying to emulate them. Maura joins us now. Maura, you have a term, a particular term, for these tales that company founders love to tell. What is that term? Well, I call it entrepreneurship porn, which my mother gets very upset about. But (laughs) (laughs) I I think that... um, you know, because we live in an age where we are surrounded by media and stories in ways that we never have been before, not not only with, of course, you know, media such as the Wall Street Journal, but, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, um, endless amounts of information surround us every day. And we are easily consumed by stories of other people's success. And when you are starting off as an entrepreneur, this can be so dispiriting, so distracting, and really sometimes harmful. And so I just would like us to take a minute, step back and drown out some of this entrepreneurship porn so that we can focus, you know, on what we want from our businesses and focus on being the kind of entrepreneur that I might want to be or you might want to be, not what, you know, Fast Company Magazine or our friend on Facebook says they should be. There's a term for this and it's called FOMO, fear of missing out. And the internet is great at creating it. Well, give us the outline about how this tale generally proceeds. Well, I mean, if you are a wannabe entrepreneur, right, the first thing you're going to do is network, right? That's what everyone tells you to do. You're going to go meet other entrepreneurs. You're going to follow them on LinkedIn. You're going to listen to lots of other stories. You'll read about stories of how I did it in the media. And that's great because you can meet a lot of really great people and learn a lot. But it also creates this sense sometimes of, oh, my God, what am I doing wrong? Why did this person that a year ago I was at a networking event with, why has their company now been acquired? Why are they getting a story written about them? Why are they on the Wall Street Journal podcast and I'm not? There is so much talk and information and schmoozing and everything about how to be an entrepreneur and what an entrepreneur really should look like, that it's really hard, actually, sometimes to just put your head down and do your work work and execute on your vision of what you want your business to be. It sounds like it's a matter of degree, though. Too much of this is harmful, but what's wrong with others who run startups paying attention to, to this and possibly finding inspiration in these stories? Is, isn't it a matter of trying to aim for a certain goal? Absolutely. And that's why I think it's really important for 
an entrepreneur or a small business owner, sometimes I have problems even, even with the word entrepreneur, it's become so loaded, to really have a sense of what they want from their business. Remember, it's your business. It's not your mom's business. It's not your accountant's business. It's not the media's business. It's your business. And I am all for getting inspiration and lessons learned. I mean, trust me, I would not be anywhere without incredible mentors in my life and um, from, you know, frankly, listening and learning. But it can be really challenging, um, you know, if you get consumed in a should, a sense of should. Why am I not getting invited to more speaking engagements? Why is my company not bigger? You know, that that happens to me. And I, I'm the first person to admit it. I have a wonderful, wonderful small business. I've had it for six years. We're profitable. We do wonderful work. But we're small. We are not a rocket ship. You know, like we're never going out to Silicon Valley. And um, when I first started the business and people kept calling me an entrepreneur and I would go to all these events for women entrepreneurs, I started to drink the Kool-Aid, you know, and I started to get this sense of, oh, I'm a woman entrepreneur. This is what I should be doing. I should be scaling. I should be investing. I should be, you know, never sleeping and living and breathing my business. And that made me really unhappy. And it actually took a while for me to realize, you know what, I'm okay with having a small business. I love having a lifestyle business. You know, that's a really sometimes negative term. It means a business that affords you a really good life. In addition to having a profitable business, it's like the opposite of growing a massive, you know, venture backed or, or growth company. Um, and so I really, you know, have made it a, a project and, and my book really focuses on this now too to talk to entrepreneurs who've made peace with the fact that they may never be Mark Zuckerberg that they're going to have a great life they're going to spend time with their family they're going to sleep at night and still have a really good business I'm speaking with Maura Aaron's Millie and you're listening to the Journal Report If only life had a remote control you could pause or rewind <laughs> Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but prediabetes does. Take the one-minute risk test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Thanks for listening, everyone. Maura, you write that we're selling a dream with real and damaging effects on our institutions and on people's lives. It's time for smart people to stop mortgaging their futures in pursuit of fantasies and super success. And you say this is harmful in all sorts of ways, and you mentioned one of them briefly, and that's fear of missing out, FOMO. Yeah, we talked a little bit about FOMO, and it, it sounds like it's not serious, right? You know, I'm a perfect example that I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to is, you know, you're cruising along your day, you stop to check Facebook, and, you know, a colleague or maybe another entrepreneur posts a picture from, oh, they're giving a TED Talk, or they've just been given an award. And all of a sudden you think, oh, man why not me? And it really, it really can make your day, you know, it hurts. It's, it, you, you feel jealous. You feel all those feelings that we used to feel when we were little kids. But there can be real consequences to the culture of FOMO. Um, I interviewed a really smart thinker named Lane Wood, who spent a lot of time out in Silicon Valley. And he has myriad tales of people who have literally, you know, sort of gotten this sense that they had to grow their startup, they had to get in the game with the big guys. And I do say guys, because sadly, it's mostly men who get this big money and grow businesses big still. And, you know, they do things like take out second mortgages on their home, or they, 
you know, uh, cash in their kids 529 or they cash in their own IRA because these are the kinds of stories that we're surrounded with. I mean, how many stories have you read about people who took that ultimate chance? Oh my gosh, they were, you know, maxed out on their credit cards. They were down to their last penny and then they hit it big. And it creates this kind of casino-like mentality where you think that to be a successful entrepreneur, you've got to really go that extra mile. You got to cash out that IRA. You got to really crush it and go to the edge. And you know what? What statistically, that just doesn't work for most of it. And you know, it makes me it makes me sad when I see people like myself who've got kids and mortgages uh, at stake. But it also makes me sad. I mentor a lot of really smart young people, and um, you know, I think that the culture of FOMO and entrepreneurship porn has created a sense in our smart young people that to do something really significant, they've got to create something new, right? They can't just go join an existing big institution unless it's a you know Facebook or Snapchat out in Silicon Valley. You know, if they want to start a nonprofit, it's often well, I want to start a new nonprofit. I want to start a social enterprise. I want to start a startup. There's this sense that achieving is about creating something new and really going for it and giving your all and getting down to your last cent. And that just doesn't make sense to me. And you say that another bad side effect of this is putting family last. Indeed. Uh, again, I've interviewed you know hundreds of people on not just entrepreneurship, but how to live a work life that works for you on your terms if you are not necessarily the kind of person who wants to be out there networking 24-7 or posting every update to social media or participating in this sort of FOMO-fueled uh, entrepreneurship porn narrative. And, you know, I've also talked to a lot of people who have achieved great success and have regret about not spending that time with your family. You know, you never get it back. It's a cliche. And uh, I think that many people I speak with really have a dream to have a business, but they worry that if they start a business, they'll never sleep again. They'll never see their family. You know, they'll give up that ultimate sacrifice. And I actually don't think that's true. Now, you may not be able to start a billion dollar unicorn and sleep a lot, I wouldn't know. I haven't done it, but I, I think that's probably true. But you can have a perfectly great small business or lifestyle business and still make time for your life. And I think that that is such an important uh, message to communicate to people. And you find that another bad outcome for the entrepreneur myth surrounds innovation and disruption. You write innovation at a cost. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, again, it comes back to this sense of, of the casino mentality and, and the overwhelming popularity of Silicon Valley culture. Um, there's a wonderful quote that I always reference um, from an early employee at uh, Facebook who said, you know, the smartest minds of gen my generation are focused on getting clicks to an online ad, <laughs> you know, and, and, and we talk about this a lot, but I think that there is a cost at pursuing innovation and disruption in the Silicon Valley sense, because sometimes, you know, you're just going after building that next consumer app or getting acquired by a giant company and not fulfilling your true sort of love and mission. But I also think there's a cost to our communities. You know, some of the best businesses I know are deeply rooted in a local community. They 
invest in a community, they patronize businesses within that community, they stay local, and they stay small. And it can be very lonely, honestly, um, when you have a successful small business, because you're just not as sexy, right? I mean, everyone is obsessed with disruption, everyone is obsessed with innovation. And guess what, that is not the majority of what fuels our economy and what fuels people's work lives. And so um, I want to give a little shout out to the many, many, probably millions of fantastic small business owners online and offline who uh, feel a little ignored, but really are driving growth, great jobs um, and economic development. Well said. Maura Ahrens Mealy, the founder of Women Online, and the author of Hiding in the Bathroom, the introvert's roadmap to getting out there when you'd rather stay home. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much. And that's the Journal Report. Thanks for listening. I'm Charlie Turner at the News Desk in New York. Ambition comes with earbuds. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously.